Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Crystal Core Radio Podcast. Brian and Chris here bringing you three big topics today. We're going to be talking about WoW's classic server kerfuffle. We're going to be talking about New World's fresh start servers. So a lot of server talk here at the start of the show. And then we're going to round it out with the Final Fantasy XIV nerfing Savage, uh, which happened with patch 6.21, reducing some of the experience. And we've got some notes and some reasons behind that as well that we can kind of cover and talk for you. If you guys are listening to the audio MP3 version of this podcast, it comes out a couple of days uh, after the live shows. We hope and encourage you to join us for the live shows to help drive the conversation uh, as we delve into these topics themselves. But beyond that, also give this show a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. All the links are in the description for you to find if you need, if you're watching the live show and or uh, you know watching these as highlights over here on uh, the YouTube. So today's our first topic. It's going to be a big one. I think it's the classic WoW servers. Uh, this is essentially uh, the big kerfuffle that's going on. Wrath of the Lynch King right now, classic is making its way into the game itself. And uh, Chris, you're the WoW expert here. You're the, you're our WoW guy. Uh, you played originally through, you know, Wrath's, you know, pre-launch event. I think that's one of the reasons why this is so popular. And we're talking about millions, seven million people, like maybe more, like really popular uh, going on. What's, what's, what's the status? What do we need to know? And uh, yeah, let's talk about it. So, I mean, Wrath of the Lich King classic, um, Wrath of the Lich King launch was one of my favorite MMO launches of all time. Um, TBC is probably one of my favorite expansions to an MMO of all time. <clears throat> and like Endwalker and Shadowbringers are up there. But as far as like the actual launch, I was in college when Lich King launched. I had an exam that day. I was competing for like server first. The exam was in the building next to my dorm and uh, servers went live and I was ahead. I was doing great. And then I literally sprinted across. It was like a, it was a 25 question exam, something like that. And I literally sat down in the front row. I said, can I have my test now? And he goes, sure. And he handed it to me and I filled it out and he was handing out the, t- the tests up the rows. And he, so he just hand a stack to each row. They'd pass it across. And before he even got to the top of the stairs, I handed my exam back into him and he goes, and he goes, do you have a question? I said, no, I'm done. And I sprinted out the room and I'd fallen behind and I was trying to catch up. So I did not end up with server first, even for my class, but I was, I was right behind him. Um, but I lost that like 20 minutes, uh, and, and like, and it ended up just being this really fun early expansion experience and going and running the dungeons with all the other people that were that far ahead. And like, it just was something really special to me. And it was at a time in my life that I could do something that special. Um, you know, like you, you don't like when you're a kid, you have bedtimes and stuff like that. You share your computer with siblings or whatever. And when you're an adult, you usually have other commitments. And so it just fell at a time that like it was a great game and it was at a time in my life that I was able to receive it in that way. And it's a really cherished memory. And I think I'm not alone for that. It was a huge growth time. They just come off the burning crusade. So all these people who'd said, I don't know about wow, we're finally breaking down and giving it a shot. We're liking it. So for many people, it was their first expansion launch. Um, and then that brought in a whole new wave. And there's a ton of people still to this day that Lich King was their very first expansion. So a lot of people who missed launch or people who missed Lich King want to go back and experience what they missed, as well as for many of us, we have those fond memories and we want to relive them. So there is a lot of pressure riding on this, not to mention with the fact that Cataclysm for many people was the beginning of WoW, maybe losing its edge. And so it could be the last big classic launch that they feel obligated to kind of go do. So they really don't want to miss this one. Now with that, we had the Scourge event go through. um, And now we are going into kind of this pre-patch time and people are being encouraged to do Death Knights. You get a mountain retail if you do the Death Knight storyline. And so populations are growing. 
they're getting hit with the number I've seen was 7 million people trying to play the game simultaneously, not all in the game because the game can't take 7 million people. Um, and so they're trying to do all sorts of things. They're offering free server transfers. They've now rolled out new realms. They're calling fresh start realms only for people that are coming back that are willing to roll a new character. Um, they're, they're trying all sorts of things to offer a better experience. But at the end of the day, um, there is no amount of surge servers that are going to prepare them for the 26th. The 26th is going to be a disaster, um, but in a good way. And so like, I'm seeing all sorts of people say people deserve to be fired for this heads need to roll. But all I can think is like <laughs> you worked in it and like, imagine you were in charge or were in a position where you were helping run all these servers. And they said, Hey, we're actually making so much profit and have so much growth right now, but you guys aren't keeping up with current customers. So you're, we're going to go with less of you. We're going to fire half the team. Like, I guess, so that's kind of catch you up on the situation. Now from the IT side, like how does that all sound when you have this big surge? So in that regards, right? Because when it comes down to surge, we're talking about, uh, this is usually in the, in the IT world, development world, we're talking about uh, like scaling. You know, are we scaling out or are we scaling up? And that's actually something we'll be talking about in the next subject with New World and it's Fresh Start Service, something we've been kind of covering here on the channel again. But in this regards, right? Like I think a lot of what you just described is a good, interesting reason when you start to bring back the the power and the memeing of you think you do, but you don't. Like we have this ability to remember the past so incredibly fondly that we also tend to forget some of the hurdles. I hear this all the time over on Ginger World. Like when I'm talking about New World, all in all, like the number one biggest complaint, and it's not an invalid complaint, like this is a very valid complaint, why are the servers only so large to support 2,000 people? And they've since uh, up to 2,500. And I'm betting that we're going to see them continue to test that test that scale, right? Because they actually built their architecture on AWS, an ability, a platform designed for both scaling out and scaling up. And so when it comes down to it, like you see this natural frustration because then you have games and that do have a queue, but that queue is so invisible that you start to question like, the archaic design of it now we look at the history of mmos originally with ultima online it wasn't designed they were originally they're all hoping it would be all in the same world but when they started actually looking at the technical requirements that's when we started this that's actually when they went with shards servers they even built it into their story of the reason why they had to do it with the hope that at some point the technology would exist so they wouldn't need that. And we see things like this in Destiny. When you go to play Destiny, especially with cross-play, cross-save right now, you're not picking a world. You're not doing whatever. Your friends can find you. And that in the, in the back end, it just handles it. And I think essentially when you start to have experiences that do not require a server, like you can actually hit a queue in Destiny Whenever, the, whenever there's a mad rush, there is a queue, but that queue and only you only end up seeing it typically on like expansion days, right? So naturally, right. but that gets you in and then you're not sitting here picking worlds and picking servers. Like in this case, this is a reminder of the technology at the time. And no, heads shouldn't roll when you have 7 million people <laughs> want to play in into it. The question though does come into... How do you scale in that degree? Because you know, in a month or two months or seven months, it's not 7 million people. You don't want 700,000, 70,000. You're right. 7, and you want to have <laughs> just, you know, so in, in a way it's like, how do you, how do you manage hype? And I think essentially the solution is being built as a part of these newer modern MMOs, but what is classic about classic is 
that was a thing that was that was always a thing worlds can get full like i remember logging in i when i went to go play the original classic launch like we were trying to get on one server and we just couldn't like it's just like you would have to stay logged in and it reminds you of the limitations of you know how some of these things were designed there's a beauty in that and i would actually say like this is more of a sign of success than anything else but they're not going to go and and Heck, maybe there's a, also a, still a hardware limitation. You know, we've seen that within 14 this you know, over the last like two years of like, well, like we've ordered the servers. Like, what do you guys want? Like Silicon isn't printing itself. Yeah, I, I do think in vanilla, they rolled out some of the retail sharding, um, which allows them to create kind of layers mm -hmm. of a world. Um, but they ultimately still wanted you to exist within your world. Your world has access to its auction house. Those are the players you queue for dungeons and raids with. So like, you kind of created parallel realities within parallel realities and those could kind of collapse up and down as demand but one of the things these games really struggle with is these mass login queues the login server tends to be this one kind of bouncer at the door and even if there's room on the other side of the door and there's room outside the door only so many people can go through the door at a time and so the bouncer's job is to make sure we're not trying to walk through the door four wide and, it's, and so like there is a little bit of a limit there um just to kind of get you safely in the door. Yeah. Uh, within Final Fantasy, with the Endwalker launch, we actually saw where what was happening is occasionally the line outside of the building waiting just for the privilege of getting into the game. Um, that was getting jumbled up. And so every, you know, it felt like you would, you would make it all the way and you're like, oh, there's the door right there. We're almost in, we're almost in. And then somebody would randomly kick you out of line. And then you would have to go get in the end. And, the, and now the line was even longer. Um, and so... I think that made it much more frustrating than saying, you know, it says I've got 10 hours until my login window. At the end of my login window, you know, my little buzzer for the restaurant's going to buzz. As long as I go to talk to the host stand within 10 minutes, they'll have my table for me. I think that's something that we're all familiar with. And many of us would say, you know what? It says 10 hours. I'm going to go ahead and queue. Maybe I work from home or I have flexibility on my hours. Yeah, I'll get I'll get 10 hours. I'll get nine hours worth of work done. Check in on it. Cool. It still says an hour left you know, do some dishes, have right. some dinner, and then it'll, a little alarm will go off that'll notify my phone app, and then I can go log in. That would be a world where many of us, while we would be frustrated at the lack of supply um, of what appears, since it's digital, what appears an infinite good, it's not, they yeah. live on physical servers, but it appears infinite, would be fine. But that's not how these tend to work. They tend to be filled with people saying, and I got in, and then like five minutes later, I disconnected. Thankfully, WoW does tend to have like some disconnect protection, where if you disconnect, as long as you log back in within a certain number of minutes, that way, if you have like an ISP outage or something, you're not back to the beginning of the line. Um, as opposed to 14 at Endwalker launch didn't have that. So like mm -hmm. when Jesse Cox accidentally logged out, that was it. That was the end of stream. When I got kicked uh, out, when I got kicked out, when like it, when 14 won the best community award and then five seconds later, I got kicked out after waiting in line like that was like, yeah, that was guys, good. that's it. That's it for tonight. And Endwalker's launch. The only issue in my mind wasn't the queue. It was the queue wasn't it wasn't like a you'd randomly get kicked out of the queue. Like, and the only way to know is if you were actually sitting there and that, that was that was unsustainable. So I ended up naturally falling way behind but that that sorted itself out you know they've, they've discovered some 1.0 bugs so yoshi p was you know say like, oh we, we fixed all the 1.0 code you thought you did <laughs> you thought you did now over on twitch chat actually i got there's two questions i on twitch i wish i could highlight them here on the youtube okay. side but uh thrash says servers being flooded because popular streamers choose a server also doesn't help uh that's a whole new phenomenon 
that has happened since this has has happened what what's your take on obviously like popular streamers and survey populations especially as it relates to a launch like this so the hard thing is you want to be part of that right so when like preach has a house party with zeppla that's an incredible thing to go be a part of mm -hmm. and through things like data center visit and world visit those things don't require that you go out of your way except for that day and date um, but on most games, that's not a technology that exists. And so if you ever want to be around when Asmongold is, you know, trying to drown his free character and people are all sitting in the lava healing him, if you ever want to experience that, you have to be on that server. Uh, and so it really encourages this idea that like, are you willing to struggle uphill every single time you log in for the off chance that there's going to be some event you want to be a part of that kind of augments your game, this kind of optional DLC, if, as it were. Um, and since these are social games, that's something that enough people will be a part of that then those people's friends have to play with them. And, you know, right. So like, I want to follow this popular streamer. So I pick a server. And then that means if my brothers want to play with me, they have to pick my same server. And so it ripples out and it causes huge population problems. Um, if they could scale out laterally, if they could say, you know what, for the leveling purpose, um, if you would just somehow let me level on a random server and I could interact with my bank, but I couldn't interact with the auction house, I couldn't PVP, I couldn't use duty finder, or if I did use duty finder, it kept me on that server. If there were these kind of like borrowed servers that we could all hop onto. And then as population dropped off as, as people who said, I just wanted to level the cap and then I was probably going to be done anyway, as those people fade out, which will happen um through no fault of the game that's just part of it then you could kind of scale those back down because if you don't build that in as some sort of guest server type thing that spins up as you spin out laterally you end up with new world's problem where mm -hmm. we've always thought man if only we had like infinite servers available and amazon's like hold my beer hold we my have beer. infinite servers we got it so new world spun them out so they solved it right except that then all of a sudden you spread too little jam across too much spread and so all of a sudden you had servers with six people on them and it's like well this none of this functions yeah so ideally then it would self-consolidate back down but you would have to be from the future to know how much <laughs> self-consolidation you want to do did i tell you like and this is just a just something that i thought was like their biggest marketing failure uh this year was they had a whole like login to new world for free you know kind of campaign and as a part of it, they spun up like all of these like free servers and a player logging in for free could create a character on any of the existing servers. But they ended up spinning up like 20, like just clean servers that you could just go play on. And it was like, you go look at the population of the servers and they're like four people, three people. Cause it's like, it's hey, just a Minecraft world. You yeah, just run for days, just run and, for never days see anybody. and never see anybody else. Like they're, they're not getting the, like a real experience of the game itself. And it was just like, oh man, did they expect like this rush of people with a with a like the free to play weekend? Meaning though that then if they do that again, ideally it'll be interesting to see if, if they do something like that or if it's like we spun up one free server, like one server that's just here for free for people to come play on and and we'll transfer you off after if needed, um, you know. And then you go or go into the actual population where the game's playing, uh, and and so much there. And also um, the other question we got for, was from Jace. Did you actually pass your exam? Uh, I did. I did. So it's actually the single exam in all of college I studied most for. 
um, because I usually use flashcards. That's always been my preferred studying method. Mm -hmm. um, and I got to the point where once I knew all the flashcards, my study group didn't like when I was doing the answers, like, you know, it let us answer the question. We'd go out to lunch <laughs> or something and we would all do flashcards. There's a little group of four or five of us. Uh, Brian's brother was in there with me and they were like, Chris, why don't you ask the questions? You clearly know it. And I was like, no, I'm trying to answer it for speed because I would cut them off. They would be normally we wait. Does everybody know it? Okay, I'm going to say it. And then we and like we would all study together and I was trying to answer her speed. So I would sit there and flip the cards because I knew that it was coming out on launch day and I knew the exam was on launch day. And so I the goal was to be able to complete the exam not only and do well, but the goal was to be able to complete the exam in as little time as possible. Mm -hmm. So it's the single exam in all of college I studied most for because I wanted to be able to blitz the questions. Yeah. Um, and it, it was fast. Like I was it was just do 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 do. I I did really well on it. Um, to the point where I'm sure, like, my mother would have been like, why can't you study for all exams like that? Uh, it's like, because I don't care. Uh, like, like, I didn't do it for the exam. I did it because my druid was going to be the first druid to the newest, highest level. Uh, yeah, uh, and then now it's like, you're, you're probably not going to do that rush because you're going to be celebrating your 10-year anniversary. Yeah, Once again, the, his opportunity to be the world's first has been robbed from oh, his clutches. Oh, no, people have been prepping for this for... Oh, yeah, yeah. Now people are going to have it worked down to the second. Now, Thrasher... Like, oh, I got a crit. I got, I got two crits in a row. Okay, that puts me half a second ahead. I really wish Thrash was over here, like, putting these points over on uh, YouTube so I could like throw them up just on the screen just to help kind of drive the conversation. But Thrash falls up, says it's Thorny One for sure. Uh, as someone who works in cloud infrastructure, there are some challenges with implementing elasticity. I think that uh, all the MMOs that I played, ESO does it as well. Uh, as its mega server as well under the hood is very transparent. And that's actually, I brought up Destiny. I think essentially ESO is another like more classical MMORPG that, is, that structures it because that's, that's what we tend to hear. Like, especially somebody coming from ESO, it ends up being this interesting fact because once a standard is really set, like when you start to go look at other games, you know, you're like, why doesn't this game do this? Because that is such a, a comforting feature, but to counteract the mega server there are plenty of people we've seen them in 14 i've seen people even in 14's world argue against world visit argue against data center visit because they have this clear idea of what it means to have server identity now i believe that server identity has evolved into data center identity in terms of like we have data center reputations right like you know you <laughs> crystal is crystal right you know you have those those kind of mindsets what are your thoughts it's, it's fun to be the most powerful or the best at something. And if it's all one server, only one person gets to be that person. Um, this is the argument with if you got to pick um, how big of a school system your kids were a part of. Um, my mom and my dad both grew up in the middle of nowhere, uh, Midwest states, and they both grew up in what are like one, what Texas, like, I don't know what they were numbered there, but they, they would call them like 1A and 2A school districts where, mm. you know, you got to be the lead in a play and you were on the football team and you were, um, you know, mm. on the basketball team and yeah. you were trying out swimming. So you were going to get to be on the JV team. And so like you, you got to do everything and you're like, oh, well, I'm having to work that out with the debate schedule because I'm going to the debate tournament. Like they were, they were in everything. I went to school where I graduated with over a thousand people in my graduating class. And the group behind me, I think was going to break 2000 people just in my graduating class. And so the idea, the percentage of the total population that got to be on a sports team and got to see playtime was very, very, very small. Um, now to that group, we got incredible resources. So I was in athletics and so I was given incredible facilities to practice in. And we had an indoor football field and we had an indoor 
like we had, we had a gym that rivals gyms. I could pay a lot more than I'm willing to, to be a part of now. Like we had all <laughs> of this, um, incredible resources thrown at us because it was the resources on behalf of everybody being thrown at a very select few. Um, so there is kind of an argument either way, which one would you want to raise your kids in? And this is which one would you want your MMO to be in? Being on a small population server, being on a large population, that's a nice granularity of choice as opposed to one big mega server. Mm -hmm. I wish there was a way to hybrid it. I wish there was a way to kind of have a home server. And so this is the mm -hmm. size community I want to be a part of. Yeah. Um, and then when I partner up, when I queue for a duty, try to pair me with that group. And then after that, maybe jump out to what like WoW calls a battle group, right? Jump me out to like my sister servers. And then after that, filter out and filter out and filter out. Because ultimately, what I don't want is a 30-minute queue just because I'm up at 4 a.m. and I can't sleep and I want to run right. a dungeon. I want to run with anybody at that point. But it is nice to see, like, you know, I think I've played with this brain guy before. So I would really prefer mm -hmm. it to have maybe some sort of priority or preference yeah. system. And ideally, that would even work out to where, like, that would help you have more effective blacklists and things like that. But MMOs don't do that. They tend to fall in camp A or camp B. Yeah. Um, well, and you live with the pros and cons. And when we also talk about, like, I guess, MMOs that really seem to do it uh, in a really positive way, Guild Wars 2 absolutely has to be brought into the conversation because Guild Wars 2 makes it, you have a server and it, and it relates to certain game type modes, you know, world versus world, things like that. But then within the game itself, it's just like, just play with ever. Like their goal, especially in terms of open world content, it's all about funneling as many people into a, you know, an instance of that version of the open world so it feels like an MMO, so it feels populated, so that there's things and people to do the things that you're that are going on in the open world, as that is kind of a critical component uh, to a core aspect of that game. And that's something that I, I I honestly would hope to see for New World. That's honestly what I'm like. I hope to see that even in 14's case. And I do wonder if at some point down the down this next 10 years, if we see them kind of say, hey, you know, we, we no longer need Eureka and Boja to be a part of the instant server. We're just going to make that actually a zone, a piece of content within the main game. And literally just anybody who goes there gets funneled in, you know, so you're always being match made into, we're going to fill this zone with as many people as possible. So there's that, that, that experience to be had uh, for sure. So it's going to be interesting to see, obviously like it is classic. So your, your key point of like 7 million, 700,000, 7,000, 70, you know, it's Most like people just want to taste. Yeah. They just want to, they want to relive that moment or relive a moment that they heard people talk about in such beauty, such re you know, remembrance in a way. Old War is one of the most beloved raid tiers. I bet the number of people that clear Old War is going to be crazy. Um, because it's, and, and like the number of people who stick around to clear the Lich King, that's going to be a big part of this. Um, right. There, there's going to be these moments that people always wanted to be a part of. Uh, and people say like after Kata, it's dead, but there were still moments like Firelands was a great raid tier. By the time we get into Pandaria, challenge mode dungeons was a really neat moment in small mm -hmm. man content that never got repeated. Um, you know, after we move out of that, uh, like each Warlords of Draenor, like now that you know what's coming, I think you could really leverage the garrison system and have a lot of fun in it. And I think mm -hmm. there's a lot, there's a lot of content in it, but the content pacing was a struggle, but classic has had the ability to rewrite content pacing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even when we get to that, I, I think Legion, when people who missed the mage tower then, um, and want to do it back like as it was, um, as they've kind of re-released that. Like I, I think classic is going to continue to allow people to relive these moments. The question is, how do they tune it? How do they release it? And how do they handle the fact that it's a surge followed by a valley? Mm -hmm. 
absolutely it's gonna be interesting to see uh overall i think the streaming conversation and big streamers are an interesting factor into mmorpgs that both drive hype and at the same time might end up you know causing you know pain in that regards because it's like at some point you like you just want to you just sometimes want to play but if there's and that's where even if you can't play streaming can also be uh, kind of that, you know, some, a light way of like, oh, you're in the game. We see that happen all the time. Actually, when I was playing Endwalker and people couldn't get in, a lot of people are like, I'm here. You know, he's not doing spoilers. Thank you for this. Because now at least while I'm in queue or while I can't, I know I can't play, you know, it feels exciting. I'm a part of the hype. I'm a part of this excitement. But that is, uh, those are my thoughts, Chris. Do you have any final things before we uh, take our uh, kind of our transition into the next topic? No, best of luck to those of you on the 26th. My advice would be don't take off work. If you refuse to do that, then take off work and have a backup plan. Um, yes. Have another game lined up. Have have something else going on in your life. There's a lot of great games in Game Pass right now. It's a, it's a great time to be in in 14 as we prepare to go into 625. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Guild Wars is doing awesome stuff right now. New World's doing. There's, there's, pick something else that you can play when inevitably you can't play what you plan to play. The 26th will be a disaster, but not because something is going wrong, but because too much is going right. The, you, because you had an idea of some fun you wanted to have and you were far from alone in that idea. That's the problem. It's a good problem um, that you picked a game that is just that exciting to play right now. Absolutely. Well, guys, uh, if you are enjoying these videos, be sure to like and subscribe and also check out the Discord. Get a part of our community game nights. Uh, we play a bunch of different MMORPGs and uh, the Discord is the greatest way to connect beyond uh, just hanging out on these live streams over on Twitch and on YouTube. And what we're going to do now is we're going to take a light stretch break and uh, kind of you know stretch our legs, get a good uh, get a good feel. We encourage you guys to do the same. And then when we come back here in a minute or two, uh, we're going to talk about uh, New World's Fresh Start servers and then come Coming up later after the next topic, we're going to talk about Final Fantasy XIV's nerf to the Savage Raid, which we haven't seen actually something like that happen since ARR. So Chris, 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 welcome, welcome, and welcome in everybody watching this live or as a part of a highlight. Like and sub if you feel like it earns it, but beyond that call to action, uh, I, I'm generally curious because we just finished talking about WoW's classic servers, and we uh, in our last uh, live show, we were talking about new world and its recent surge and essentially kind of predicting essentially what might be coming next uh but today is interesting because uh one of the things there's kind of two mindsets within the new world community and it's around the concept of what's called a fresh start server meaning everybody starts fresh no transfer into the servers themselves uh and it looks like the new world devs are going to go uh, in, in that direction and maybe around the time of either the one year anniversary or with brimstone sands as a launching event and this kind of ties in greatly with what chad was talking about in the previous video with streamers streamers might new world's been known especially because there's integration with twitch to team up with big streamers there's also asmigold who loves new world and so getting him on board isn't any kind of issue but getting Those other big, like streamers. big swords that are like yes great big great yeah. swords that's yeah. why we we're kind of laughing about in an earlier show like do you think they they added that like they're like wait a minute let's what would get the with the bald the balding man back uh, into into this game? But um, the fresh start server is an interesting uh, kind of you know kind of problem and solution all rolled into itself because the question that I have is that and they haven't detailed out their plan. They just said, hey, we like the idea too. We're going to reveal more information here in the coming weeks. That's really the mass the message is that more information and details are coming. But what I want to kind of get your perspective on, especially as a uh, a new world player, but as somebody who has not yet hit level cap, 
uh, the original rush, the original launch of New World was exciting. And essentially, I think that's the idea behind the, the request for Fresh Start, at least from my perspective, is to recreate that experience. There's nobody there who's an experienced level 60 character controlling the land. You do have experience that's built in here, but you're redoing that entire process from scratch. Does that like that presents to me like, OK, well, how long is it a Fresh Start server? How long are you going to prevent transfers you know, to that server? Otherwise, would that server eventually just collapse when people have that fresh start experience and then decide not to not to play or, or go back to their original characters that they've already put that investment in um what 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 concerns do you have what or what positive uh what positive thoughts do you have when it comes to this uh to this update so you can never recreate the true past because part of the benefit of the past is nobody knew what was happening mm -hmm. so you're gonna have some people who want to go back and do it better and those people are gonna rock those servers right you go create a character on there and you play optimally from day one you can achieve all sorts of things um and so we see this in a lot of these remakes remasters classics whatever people want to call them is people go back and they go in with all of today's knowledge uh and today's skill levels and they go play then's challenges and they blow through them uh, so it's not going to be a recreation, but putting all of these players back in those zones does make those zones that maybe don't have as much usefulness now makes those really fun. The clamor for early resources, the clamor for early zones, the clamor for early quests. It's really fun to walk up to a quest giver and there be three, four, ten people standing around it. It's not fun when it's 600 and you can't click the quest giver, but there is a balance in between where it's, it's better when it's not just me. Um, and that's kind of neat, right? When you're hunting that boar or chopping down that tree to see other people off in the distance doing things is kind of fun. Uh, and it makes New World feel really alive. So I think new servers and kind of funneling people onto those is good. Um, if nobody ever played games with their friends, it would be really easy because you would basically just shove everybody who logs in today for the first time into the same place. Um, where that starts to fall apart is then you join tomorrow and you want to play with me. Well, my server's full now and you're on, you're on tomorrow's server. Uh, and so that starts to kind of break that down. Uh, but on its own, it would be really nice, especially if you could look far into the, the looking glass and say, OK, in addition to that, we're going to take today's players and we're going to break them apart. The ones who just want to try the game and the ones who are really going to be here a year from now. But you don't know that because um, it is really fun to play with somebody who started the same time as you that has the same goals and objectives um, as time has passed. Uh, so I don't know how they do that. I think that New World has like a living world. So mm -hmm. for anybody that isn't familiar with New World, um, as opposed to Final Fantasy or World of Warcraft, um, you actually kind of own part of the world as a team. So it'd be like your Final Fantasy grand company owning it. Or uh, World of Warcraft, it would be like if uh, faction PvP uh, had an even greater effect on even the greatest effect it's had across the years. Um, and that's something that when you go to start doing server merges and stuff is really hard to do well they've had they have a system for it but like it would be better if there just weren't server merges like that that would be better um so they kind of created that problem so i don't know how that works with these fresh start worlds as they inevitably go through the same attrition that other ones did um and how do they balance the disparity between alt characters and truly fresh starts yeah the, the, that's actually something that somebody even suggested and i was like oh man there's to, they said that in order to try and even you know, or to start a character on a fresh start that you should be required to delete your existing characters <laughs> and i was like yeah that that that's not going to be a requirement at all like if you have an extra character slot like go ahead and just make it but 
even still, if they deleted it, you can't delete that that cord knowledge, right? You know, um, right. but there could be, you know, and actually, like when you start to talk about segmentation, it, there could be the idea that it's like brand new accounts, brand new server, and only brand new accounts go to said brand new server, um, which you still probably would get someone who maybe spins up a, a an alternate account. Uh, and then can have that knowledge. But ultimately, imagine if you have a new marketing push and it's like, hey, people who've never created a character at all, they get this. This is their server for them that we're going to we're going to funnel them to. They could choose maybe to go to another server. But just like I said uh, in the in the last episode, when they did the fret like their free weekend, they spun up free weekend servers specifically for the free free to play players. And maybe essentially that could be that kind of experience that you could be ha you know, that you could have to ensure that you're having this as pure of an experience as humanly possible that, you know, within the given constraints. And then essentially also then for players who are veterans to say, Hey, yeah. And, and there's a veteran new refresh, uh, fresh start server for you guys who want that, that competition, that initial land rush, that initial like war for new world. And then they could even, honestly though, like the biggest concern I have within any of this is that as soon as they announce the fresh start servers, streamers go, Hey, this is where we're going to be. Right. They, they yep. sit here and they lock in on the server. And then if you wanted that fresh start server and you're not a streamer, like, what are you going to do? There's this, there is an opportunity of being hung out to dry uh, it, when it comes down to that. I, I think what you described makes me long for a choose your own adventure type system mm -hmm. um, for MMOs where basically there's different ways to play right and so i've already created a character so now i can create a veteran character on this challenge server or i can create one that is meant for fresher characters to have a variety of experiences or there's one meant for truly new people where it checks either my ip address or my purchase history or whatever and i'm not eligible for so that door's closed and then i could choose among my doors um for what i want and so it'd say, hey, these servers are available to you. These servers are not. And then you could pick. And so maybe as a new player that you truly are new, you're like, yeah, I am new, but I want to play with Brian. It's like, I don't want to go through the new door. So the new door is open for me, but I'm not interested. Um, I think that would be really neat. And then that would really, like, once you have that mindset, you could open it up to other things. Why are there not doors for hardcore servers where if you die, you're yes. dead? Why are there not doors for um, limited EDP. time servers where it's who can make it in mm -hmm. 30 days or less? And then the server is going to die. Uh, and so we're just going to reset it. So who wants to yeah. be a part of that? And so like, you know, servers uh, that it's all PVP based. And so we've skewed all the quests to be PVP only. And you are always PVP flagged. So like, you could start to manipulate these servers to have different rule sets within because within New World, you choose PVE flagged or PVP. But what if a server just had that predetermined? Everybody on the server's PVE, there will be no PVP. So the land is going to change ownership through a different system. Yeah. Um, and so you could start to really kind of mod the game um, into these servers that all function as as different iterations of themselves. Um, because I think a, a PVE only hardcore server sounds like a totally different new world experience. Oh yeah. Well, and this is something that I've even advocated for within the world of Final Fantasy 14. Yoshi P has talked about the, the, the demand for that hard diehard core like MMO experience isn't enough business to justify an MMO for it. And my counter argument was like, well, could you just like dedicate a server? Just like how we unofficially dedicated Belmung originally as the roleplay server. Couldn't you just dedicate a server that it's like, all right, all the enemies out in the open world, they can murder you. Like there's no like solo experience, etc. That's this server that, you know, and that's your experience. And so when you talk about a hardcore PVE server, like that would be a, a whole new, uh, you know, experience. But 
on that note, when it comes to the reality then of the player base, imagine getting yourself killed and being frustrated. That would have to be some kind of seasonal thing, right? Like, okay, sure. we're putting this content out. It's going to be a limited time run on this hardcore mode. And we're going to go and see who can do these crazy things, right? You know, you give account wide cosmetics or something at the end of the season and then delete it. Mm hmm. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Australia, sorry for butchering your name, in chat saying like uh, Final Fantasy XI to fourteen. Yes, exactly that very thing where like to go out into the world is always a risk. And so you'd want to always party up. But again, that would be a specific server. In my mind, when it comes down to that mindset, it's really put up or shut up. That's That's the message that I'm sending out into the world because generally speaking, I hear a lot of people say they want those things but then do their actions actually then reflect? Oh, it's scary when you actually create a hardcore character. Oh yeah, like, wait a minute, no. <laughs> My brother's been doing hardcore Diablo 2 and like um, in our group, people are like, ah, hardcore servers, hardcore. He never asked for it. And then he went and created a hardcore character and it, it, his first time he got to level 30 and his second time he got to level 50 and then he eventually got to where he could beat it. So he, he did it. So I think it took him three characters to be able to kind of get through Diablo 2. And you don't actually hit, I don't think he actually hit 99. I think he was up in like the not early nineties, but he got way up there to where he kind of had all the items he wanted and he was in a good spot, but it took him several tries. Um, and that's a neat experience. I don't know how you document that and how you reward it. Yeah. Uh, but for a game that has struggled with server merges, um, I think the system they have for server merges is the best solution to the problem they created. Um, the problem they created was a solution to a problem that most games just live with. So like, I'm not saying that spinning up more servers was a bad idea. Most games don't do it simply because they can't. Um, it always seemed to be the issue, but it turns out that nobody had been off into that distant frontier with unlimited server access. Uh, and that it turns out if you just spin up servers every time you get asked for one, that that creates a new problem mm -hmm. uh, that nobody has a solution for because no other game has been able to do it. Uh, and so they had to create a solution where they merge those servers down and you either over reward the act of getting merged uh, and then people want to be the one that got merged. Please delete my world or you underdo it. It's like, oh, they deleted my world. And, yeah. and you're just going to push that balance. There's no way you land on the middle for everybody. A part of the um, fix so had to navigate yeah. that. A part of the fix in this in this regards, especially for New World, though, is cross server play, because ultimately, at the end of the day, if you can just play the game, a lot of people actually probably would prefer a smaller base population server. I know many people are like, yeah, six to 800 people. That's a great amount. I feel like I can gather. It's a, it's a, it's a good group, but because certain content requires a population to pull from PVP matchmaking, OPR, uh, expeditions, you end up feeling like you get cut off, especially in weird times. Right? So like back to your, the previous video about how like wow starts local, and then builds, you know, into the next level, of the onion, the next level, of the onion. And so if they do fresh start servers, if they also, for some reason, because they said they're already working on cross server play. So like, it's not like a, they need this. They said, we know we need this. We're working on it. We'll update you whenever, as soon as it's ready. And who knows when that could be, that could be this year. It could be next year. Who knows? Um, but in that vein, we know that that, that feature, just that alone would actually make a fresh start server have a, a long life and almost a way that you could be guaranteed that your server would actually remain after the fact, because even if it ends up having a population that that's usually around six to a thousand people, you're not then sitting here going like, well, I really need to go to another server so I can do this OPR or these expeditions because people don't play during my kind of time slot in this regards. So let's assume for a moment that every game ever made, the perfect population is 600. Let's just, let's just 
staple that fact in and let's just take that as a base assumption um, instead of getting hung up in the weeds on that. Okay. So you've got this base 600. The problem with games like this is you do this new start server. New World is not going to be for everybody. Final Fantasy 14 is not right. for everybody. World of Warcraft is not for everybody. Those are the three games we're talking about today. There is no game that is for everybody. But a lot of games are worth a try, um, especially during these free trial campaigns, half price campaigns, your friend gave it to you, whatever. So you spin up a character just to give it a shot because you don't know, is it for me, is it not? Right? You don't have the veteran knowledge that would inform that. Mm -hmm. And even if a veteran tries to tell you, they don't know you. So you give it a shot. Out of those 600, let's say 200 in whatever game we're playing, it's not for them. Mm -hmm. Now we're immediately down to 400 on that server, except that the existing 400 have continued progressing. They've continued getting better. They're higher level. They're more knowledgeable. They've formed groups. They're running dungeons or raids or PvP or whatever the content is with each other. How do you replace them? If you put 200 brand new ones in there, they're way behind. Not to mention what happens when a third of those new ones fall off. So now you've got a third tier of people. So if you, even if you lock it into a perfect size, what happens when people just quit? Mm -hmm. People are allowed to get tired of games, want to play yes. something else. That's not a bad thing. Um, in fact, so it's a bad thing if you, if you keep them, if you, it's, if you try to keep them locked in, I think that ends up causing bigger problems down the road where all of a sudden you're like, okay, no, can't do it. And this. if it's capped at 600, I've converted, I think like seven or eight friends to join me in Guild Wars now. Mm -hmm. Sorry, you can't play with me because my server's already at 600. So if you hard cap it, you have another issue. And if it's just a soft cap, well, what happens when we get to somebody who has a lot of friends? Kind of, you know, friends. And so you end up with something like, well, what happens when like an Asmongold joins a stream? Joins a thing. Is, is it still capped at 600? So he joins a server that only has 300 on it. So now 299 immediately join. Mm -hmm. Now what happens when he has a legitimate friend of his or, or he wants to collab? Like, how does all that work? So cross-server play almost feels mandatory for games like this. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, moving forward. Yeah, I think essentially. And that's actually going to be interesting to see the lessons that AGS learns, especially for their next MMO and say, hey, OK, these are systems because the territory control system is a fun game but i think that they need to look at kind of like okay what what's the real feeling what's the real value we can get out of that especially when also addressing the need that people just want to play the game like they just want to play and they don't want to have to sit here and do the thing and maybe there, maybe there's always that idea that some people do want that kind of style of game so it becomes it becomes a real big dev and and honestly big problems to solve uh, so I'll be interested to see where AGS goes from there. Now, final question uh, from, in this case, Sir Rule is asking, I'm kind of intrigued where Chris's thoughts on this question. Did Amazon screw up with, uh, in his mind, with the server mergers that they actually made back in July? And so what happened ended up being is that back in July, they, they condensed down, putting a lot of, and the populations on the servers are, are great. People like playing with people. Well, what a shocker. But then all of a sudden, they after they did this, that's when we're seeing all the surging uh, and more, which is now people like, man, I wish we had all those servers still. Um, did uh, did AGS screw up? Were they premature on those uh, on the server mergers? So it's back to that. They didn't have the ability to then pull it back apart. So yeah. the problem isn't what they did in July. The problem is that they intrinsically built a game that requires a specific population on a server to remain healthy. So they're always going to want to merge, but then that game has a cap. So they're always going to want to split. So they created a game that cannot handle wide swings in player population, but then it's a subscription free game with an inconsistent content cycle 
that is while they do communicate a lot is not predictable to the degree of like 14 where we're within like 11 it's, days it's some, i do feel and, like and they're that getting better at it. like yeah. i don't mean that as a right. dig yeah, like, yeah. i don't mean this as a dig I, i'm not i'm not trying to like insult them i think they've done incredible but like a new ip is hard yeah it's a hard problem and they're doing a great job with it but it's a hard problem and so now they've created a situation where player count is going to fluctuate and they've created a game where player count cannot fluctuate so the merge and the split will always be a pain point because you've created a system that wants a consistent number of players and a game and community that will never be consistent and so they're always going to be at odds because the moment something new like greatsword gets announced we're gonna have too many people we split the servers up the moment everybody tries it out and we don't know when the next thing's coming it's going to drop off there's not enough people and we're going to have to merge again so it's just going to keep doing that over and over and because the system wasn't designed to to constantly fracture if it if, the, if it was more seasonal in the world then every season we go and this season we're splitting you apart and this season we're merging you together if the game had been more like oh there are these natural merge and split points mm -hmm. um that would have been a little bit easier uh, and so you just kind of oh you just lock into a guild and as soon as you're locked into your guild you're locked into that guild for the whole season and then the seasons are two weeks and at the end of that two weeks you know and that and then your guild's just going to get assigned it's going to balance all the servers and then at the end of that two weeks you can bail out um and you know and i don't know and that would have had its own problems but it at least would have solved this problem Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's that July was a mistake. I think it's that there's some inherent design choices they made um, as a game that had never released its new IP. And it's a game that's doing a lot of things that are actually kind of a new take on things. But the fact that it's borrowing a lot of ideas from different games, they've never been put together in quite this way. Um, and so it's created a lot of problems that they couldn't have foreseen. Right. So I don't have any resentment. Yeah. I just think that it it is a problem and it seems to be a foundational one. Yeah, and I don't think the uh, the mergers actually in July were the wrong call. In fact, actually, I think that helped preserve a lot of player population, a lot of enjoyment on what the current player base was. But always, like like even Chris said back in the day when they were just scaling up servers, is like, they're gonna have to figure out this, this problem and that's gonna take, that's unfortunately gonna take time. And uh, for me though, like, you know, it's like, okay, we're, we're working our way through it. I'm looking forward to it. Just like within 14, 14 didn't launch with uh, cross server. Like it was, and then eventually cross server got brought in and then eventually world visit got brought in. And then eventually like, it's like, it's just the end eventually and eventually. And so when we look back at it in the course of, you know, years of context, yeah, like this is definitely much better. Like when they brought yeah, in, when I, they brought in the cross world party funder, like, holy crap, like how it just opened up content because they identified a problem in 14 because back in that day, back in that game before, like back in heaven's word, I want to talk about what Cosmos is saying in our next segment. Uh, when we talk about the, uh, the nerfs to Savage, but in that regards, the, uh, like they found that ra like the Raiders would like, there was a requirement of server transfer. And then there was the, and people would leverage the pay to win aspect. Oh, you, you're just, you know, that's so Yoshi P solved the problem at a financial cost because now people aren't just transferring servers so that they can do the, the content. No, no, the content should be available to everybody who's playing, you know, whether you want to, if you don't want to do that, that's your choice, but it's like, it shouldn't be a, Oh, you actually picked the wrong server. You need to spend $15 and transfer over to this server to be a part of that in cross world, man, when that opened up, like all of a sudden so many things opened up and then it revealed things like deep dungeon and the maps like weaknesses. So then they brought in world visit and now we actually have data center visit. And I think we're continuing to see that technology and that design architecture 
always worked on, always kind of put in time. And unfortunately, it does take time because I remember when they announced data center visit, it was a year late. They delivered it a year late due to server like concerns due to the launch of Endwalker uh, and things like that. Because it originally was scheduled for last summer, but we got it finally this summer. And I think that's a big thing. I think that's a good community thing. Chris, uh, why don't you take uh, final thoughts on this video before we take our next break and go into the third segment? Um, guys, I, I'm excited to see any game doing well. New World, uh, obviously a big part of that. If you guys want to come hang out with us, we are hopefully to do these, these uh, videos a lot more often. We're breaking them into kind of three parts with little breaks in between. We get to stream them. Brian gets to stream over to YouTube while I stream over to Twitch. Um, and it's been wonderful to get to hang out with all you guys. And a special thanks at the end here to all of you that go an extra mile and support us. Um, we've had an incredible amount of support on Twitch today. Uh, and it's it's astounding. Um, so thank you guys to people who have supported us for the very first time ever to um, some big longtime supporters uh, and everybody in between. Um, Brian and I through we've continued to put more and more time and effort into the channel regardless. But uh, through just the way life goes, we've become more and more reliant on this. Uh, and it's. It's incredible what you guys make possible for us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Now we've come to the third section of the podcast itself, diving into the nerfs that have been brought into Savage. We actually have the statement that is came in patch 6.21's patch notes themselves. A lot of interesting perspectives I'm already seeing online, uh, especially I've seen even already in this uh, in this live stream chat talking about how people were already clearing it, like why the need now for Savage updates and before we get into the the, the notes because i'd like to cover the cold con the, the pure context uh chris what's your read right now with this adjustment in patch 6.21 i wish they hadn't nerfed it um i think people were clearing it and i think people that had not cleared it were getting closer and closer to clearing it um what i wish they had done instead was there were certain comps that made it mathematically either improbable or impossible uh, and I think that's an issue. This game has historically buffed classes recently. In recent history, it's buffed more than nerfed, where it says, okay, we... Um, and so it feels like it's been majority buffs. Uh, and so I think you you could go do that, right? You could go give... It's like a 600 DPS difference to jump to Paladin... Um, uh, from Paladin Warrior to Dark Knight Gunbreaker. Mm -hmm. They have better mitt, so maybe don't give them all 600, but give them 350, give them 400. Um, you know, get Machinist on the board. Why is Machinist not on the board? Okay, you know, and so like, let's let's see some, some other class comps become viable um, without nerfing the existing ones. And so that it, there's other ways to play because there's always been imbalance, but A, the imbalance is at a larger scale than it's been in the past, but B, some of the imbalance has meant that there are people above the line and below the line, the line being can clear. When historically in 14, when we've been seeing classes that are out of alignment on the weaker end, as long as they can clear, we've seen world first teams go, yeah, I just played the one that I liked. Like, I'm just going to send it. Like, it's it's fine. Because um, that's what they're comfortable on. And that's what they enjoy. So the frustration came when you see those moments that I think Zeno really embodied when he really kind of raged about having to switch to, uh, to Gunbreaker. Um, or the frustration that you could hear in the oh so nice about it, but like you could kind of hear the disappointment in Lana Todd's voice as he kind of switched to Dark Knight. Um, when it's like if you want to clear, you're gonna need every little bit that counts, and that became really frustrating. Um, but I wouldn't have nerfed it. I think we need fights at all tiers. So I think five needed to be as easy as it as it has been for even party finder groups to clear. I haven't gotten my clear yet, but there are a lot of people that have. 
Uh, and then it needs to scale up to like, I like the idea that there's something aspirational that like, you're not going to get eight in week right. one. Well, also, especially because then when it comes down to it, like, oh, you cleared it. Like, you know, are we talking about putting an asterisk next to it? Because like, did you clear it before it was nerfed uh, in terms of that? <laughs> and no. Uh, no, I don't like to gatekeep. You would hear me say that, except I'm behind my gate. Oh. <laughs> now, Cosmos uh, says uh, the job balance of 14 has actually been the worst it has been since Heavensward. Are you feeling something along those lines? So, A, Brian and I are not really affected by this stuff because we're not at that level. Um, we not only don't clear that level of content, but uh, we are we make enough mistakes in the game that the issue is not our class. Um, I am not sitting at warrior ceiling going, oh, if I could just go a little higher, I guess I'll switch to Dark Knight. And if I switch to Dark Knight, yes, it might be doing better DPS. My Dark Knight's not. Like, I, I'm not good enough at Dark Knight that I can catch what I can do on a warrior. So um, I did some, uh, I did, I got an EX4 clear and somebody in that group uh, did a really good job of uh, keeping an eye on the combat log. And they put that in a spreadsheet and uploaded it to a website. Uh, they were just fast fingers there, uh, their calculators. And um, and so they were able to work out, you know, probably with a fairly decent level of detail, kind of roughly how much damage I was doing at each stage of the fight. Uh, and and even keep track of which abilities I used and didn't. And uh, according to their guess, um, I missed about 15% of my globals. I think I missed like 83 global cooldowns uh, or something like that. And so I would say that like if I'm missing globals, class balance isn't what affects me. <laughs> like, like maybe uh one of them was like die don't die less like what if you just died less like that would be good uh so maybe in the future i could die less so i don't think glass balance affects us so anything we say from this point on in this just know that's coming from a place of brian and i are casuals that spend a lot of time with the game but at a casual level uh and so class balance very rarely affects us like i like machinists because i use machinists in the open world an open world burst on machinist is a blast yeah, I think essentially I do uh, agree with uh, this uh, statement, though, especially when it comes down to having followed the game for so long. When was the biggest discrepancy in, in class balance and when were like certain classes just considered like a uh, no and the OCPs always work. Now, I'm never worried about the fact that job balance right now is not necessarily where it, it needs to be, but that that's something that I trust that they'll work and get, get on that. And so I remember legitimately putting out a paladin guide and getting like, people were just like, why are you like paladins the worst? And I was like, just wait two weeks guys. Like literally just wait two weeks and we're going to see, like, I don't think it's going to be the worst in two weeks. Oh, turns out shocker. Brian knows what he's talking about. And all of a sudden paladin was just like, Oh my gosh, this is great. But it was just like, I'm putting this out because I know that we're going to see some changes and those changes are going to be valuable. And so it's like, yeah, like at the end of the day, like if you're not doing savage, I don't think there is a job imbalance. I don't think it actually, you're going to ever feel it because outside of that, the, the difficult challenging content, every, every bit of this content is just face roll easy. Like it is not challenging unless you step into the challenging tier. And then outside of that, like you're going to go and have a good time. So honestly, with like for that play, what you want to play and what you enjoy to play. But if you're playing what you want to play with the idea of that, you want to step into harder content, I would say right now, definitely be talking with the balance discord and, and getting a good idea about what, where that is. So if you want to invest your time, because it's not just gear, it, it, there is a skill gap here. There is like, and so if you start to be able to push yourself into that upper echelon of skill, then yes, you might get frustrated whenever your job is not performing to the skill that you're bringing to it. 
So I know Yoshi P kind of addressed it a little bit, but the other thing is like, we've also had challenging content. They have a chance to balance content every time they roll out changes, but your internal testing team needs that to be a static target. And the only adjust potencies when they say there's potencies, they don't need anybody else on the team touching stuff. Stop touching things. I'm working here. And so they're trying to balance this content. We had a savage tier with 0.0. We had an ultimate with 0.1. We had a savage tier with 0.2. We're getting criterion dungeons with 0.25. Mm -hmm. We're going into another ultimate in 0.3. We're getting another savage in 0.4, as well as additional criterion dungeons in 0.5. We're getting additional criterion dungeons. When is it pencils down? Like they are constantly testing. So I will say from a balance standpoint, they have a very hard job in Endwalker, which had substantial across the board combat changes to kind of continue to mess with potencies and not accidentally mess with somebody who's like in the middle of testing and they're like, Hey, you broke this. So like the, the testing team has had a hard job. Mm -hmm. Let's jump into, um, kind of the reasoning behind this ASP adjustment. So that way we're also make sure we're covering officially from the devs and what their logic is and kind of then talk about that as, as well. So the HP of the eight circle savage has been reduced. Uh, this adjustment applies to both phases of the battle to our endeavor to create an encounter more challenging than the fourth circle savage the team uh, responsible for final adjustments spent a great deal more time than usual working on balance for this raid battle under nor normal circumstances the dps of this team serves as the base for determining a boss hp value that results in clears and close and uh, to the time limit as possible however as extra time was reduced in testing this battle the team's overall performance proved to be higher than usual as a result the base values used for adjustments were too high with the final values roughly one percent higher than intended we have reduced the boss's hp to bring uh, the battle in line with our initial balance projections and we apologize for any inconvenience caused so i mean you could also just get good is what you should be saying yeah uh i mean it, our experience was if we just we just played well so like but you, you know we don't want you guys doing that so we're gonna bring it back a little bit um the fact that they play test clear fights differentiates them from wow mm -hmm. but that also means that you're now tied to a static set of people you're tied to these testers no matter how good or bad they are you're tied to these testers and WoW does test, and they have a very talented internal test team, but they can't test everything. They release too many fights per tier to test every single comp and every single strategy and all of that. And so things fall through the cracks. So they're they're making adjustments to their raids in real time during the World First Race. And there's bugs that people find in real time in the World First Race. But their World First Race is also like 6 to 10 days long, as opposed to 14s where like, is it going to be over or under the 24-hour mark? Like, it's, it's fast. It's fast, 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 fast. Um... They have a hard job. They spent time doing their job. But in my mind, like, they produced an incredible first four fights. And they produced the hardest ultimate ever. I don't know how many of those testers are the same testers. Um, and they're probably testing Criterion Dungeons right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. And internally, they built Crystalline Conflict. And based on the feedback and the base that he's played with devs and based on everything that he's been described, it sounds kind of like what came out at a panel years later about Hearthstone. So I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with the story of Hearthstone at Blizzard. Yeah, break it down. Basically, they, so they had an idea of releasing a card game 
that um, would kind of pull from these different Blizzard properties and and would be this fun, easy to approach. So they built it in like Flash or something like that internally. And they thought, let's just see if it's fun. Blizzard, um, it was revealed later that the founder said they've actually killed more projects than they produced. So let's just see if this is even fun. So internally he said, hey, this is available. If you guys have some downtime at work, give it a shot um, and give us some feedback. We just want to know internally, is this game even fun? Because if it's not fun, we're not going to spend resources building an actual version. And they ended up with a problem where they had to send out a company-wide email. This was a BlizzCon panel when they talked about this, where they said, okay, the Hearthstone time on the clock needs to stop because it's killing company-wide productivity. Like, it's we get it. It's fun. We're glad you're having a good time. Feedback acknowledged. We're going to build it. We're going to release it. This is too much. Crystalline Conflict seems to be that. So, like, I just wonder, like, are these playtesters also just spending a lot more time playing at a high skill cap they may be maybe the same number of hours per week but are they playing crystalline conflict are they playing the ultimate are they playing savage one through four and then they got additional time to test eight they got good they might just be the best them yeah well like you kind of think <laughs> about the workhorse analogy but between clydesdales the more that clydesdales work together the the more that they can pull themselves and then essentially yeah. then the expectation of uh, you know, like, yeah, like when you then factor out like, oh, y'all are a team that have been playing together for eight years and you guys know each other and, you know, you did the test and, you know, okay, yes. But at the end of the day, like the fact that people are getting clears, like I think essentially what you look at is the jobs that aren't performing. And so we saw the Warriors got some buffs and I said machinists, apparently at least the memes that are running around, like it feels like machinists are still left out. Like what's going on there? Um, but you know, like at the end of the day, like, I think hopefully you kind of do that, but they, they, they nerfed it. They, 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 the last time we saw that they did something like that was actually with the first coil of Bahamut with Quintanya. It was like, it was, it was, uh, yeah, seven years ago. Like it was, it was like, people were, were not clearing the content and it was, they went back and had to look into it cause it was weeks. We were all kind of watching to see like, man, this is really, really hard content with Quintanya. And then eventually they had to go in. I think one team got a clear on twin before they actually had to go back and kind of nerf some of the mechanics. But people are clearing this. Right. That's the difference in that regards. Like this is, this is the first time I've, they've done this since, you know, years ago, unless I'm mistaking or I'm not even remembering so, one. A4S got nerfed. When was that uh, virtual? So maybe I don't, I thought that was 2015, but I don't know. Uh, I thought that's what people said, but either way, um, nerfs are uncommon. So we're back to a very like Scott zone complaint, in my opinion. Um, if anybody remembers Careful. Scott zone, <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a parable. And, and his so quick, once and, was and a his mythical quick, man. The Scott mythical zone. man was a wonderful streamer. Everybody loved him. In this mythical tale, everybody thought he was amazing. And he was trying all the content on minimum item level blind. And it was entertaining for all. And uh, he was a very talented player and he came in and he was clearing through the fights and a new tier released while he was working through this. And he took a break to clear the new tier. So he cleared the new tier and then he was going to go back to clearing all his lower minimum item level fights. Um, and when he got to the end of the tier, he was asked to give his thoughts. And uh, he said the fights were amazing. The, 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 the mechanics, the environment, the music, the detail, the story around them. It was an incredible experience, absolutely astounding. Um, but as I look at the pace that I'm clearing the old content, there will come a day where all I'm going to have is the current content. 
And so I do ask myself at the current dev cycle, which remember has gotten longer now. It was one fight every like seven months back then. Now it's one fight every eight. We get four fights. What if um, I get caught up and I only have four fights and I have to clear those four fights over and over and over and over for seven months? Is that going to be exciting enough because of the repetition? So the one complaint I have, the only complaint I have about this tier is it would be really neat if there were more fights of this caliber. What if we could have like five or six? What if we had more fights? Because I'm coming from WoW and in WoW we get more than four. Um, yes, the tiers are further apart, but we get more than four. And I'm loving this game and I just want more of this great thing. Ultimately, that led to a whole downfall because then people sent death threats and then it turned into a ban and then we lost Scott Zone. So it, it turned into a whole thing. Um, but the complaint was, what if we got more fights? Mm -hmm. So if Savage is meant to be an invitation to people that are ready to move beyond extreme, then the first fight needs to be approachable. That first fight also needs to be something that can be down fairly easily in a very minimum number of weeks so that you can begin getting gear from it so that then anybody who struggles with the second fight, that kind of soft nerfs where each week it gets a little bit easier to clear the second fight because the first white fight is providing more and more and more gear to you and the general population at large mm -hmm. and then it needs to stagger up now that needs to work its way up a scale so that the last fight is a real achievement and it requires high skill or it takes enough weeks of gear that the high-end players have already cleared and the low-end players are getting there through this kind of cap, this, this nerf that really just happens as our average item level on the server rises and our average knowledge of the fight and strategies rises. And so it kind of nerfs itself as time passes. Now, that curve has to be very, very sharp when you have only four data points, as opposed to if we had, say, eight data points for a tier, then I think people being like, oh, well, I'm six of eight on Savage. Mm -hmm. And I'll be six of eight for a few more weeks, and then we'll get enough gear and we'll get good enough that I'll become seven of eight on Savage. And now we're working on eight of eight of Savage, but we're clearing the first seven relatively quickly. We're clearing the first seven in one raid night. So we're getting a lot of prog on eight. I think we're going to get it down. And I think there's a real advantage to that that 14 suffers from. Um, now, the advantage of less fights is that they've been able to be well-tested. They've been able to release them consistently every eight months. So, you know, I would say if you're looking at WoW and saying, well, WoW has more fights. Yeah, but WoW releases patch every sometime between six and 32 months. Like there's not, that's not a plan. Um, but it would be nice if we had more fights so that you could ramp this skill up. So that when the last one was so hard, people called for nerfs, we would say, no, 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 no. Leave the last one as something to be attained as the step between Savage and Ultimate. Um but it doesn't feel good when you can't clear 25% of the fights, especially when it's comp based, that there are specific classes they can't clear. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting That's to see. Um, yeah, overall, like, again, like I'm, I'm more geared up and more ready for, to go, uh, into the criterion, uh, setup. So, uh, <laughs> this is, uh, this is hope maybe like, I, I don't, I don't see myself doing, uh, the eighth circle anytime, uh, anytime soon, but, uh, we tried to actually do that last, uh, at least P5S last Thursday before I ended up having that, uh, that emergency that, <laughs> that pulled me to the hospital. Uh, that was a big unfortunate thing because I was really looking forward to doing that. So hopefully we'll maybe do some gentlemen more of that again this Thursday. So who knows? But uh, guys, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Like that's, I mean, that's really what there's to be said about it. Like, yeah, I got nerfed that. I do, I, I don't know. Like it, being that people were getting more clears, it just seemed like, 
that I think other uh, adjustments can be made, but I'm glad that we got to see some of the jobs get buffed. And uh, and note that in terms of the timing that it takes some of these things to happen, they're getting the data. They're seeing what they can do as a part of that. We didn't want a uh, an A or B patch that we had in the spring that really just kind of like threw <laughs> PVP for a loop. So uh, they, like we don't want that. So in terms of them, their testing and their rollout, uh, I think essentially the next big round that we will see we would be in uh, two five unless there's anything else that comes out dramatically about it and we might see some machinist nerfs uh buffs then uh at that time but chris uh, why don't you wrap up uh what if machinist was left alone because it's really good in criterion like i don't know enough about the problems oh, yeah, with machinist yeah. to know is it better in four man right all of a right? sudden you're like because like, something's synergy right like a ninja synergy mm -hmm. works well with eight people but like does that drop off as you drop to less people so they're gonna have to start balancing for like if they want criterion savage to be hard there's gonna be classes that are good in criterion and aren't as good in raid and vice versa. Um, and historically speaking, 14's balance has been much better than many other MMOs. So like mm -hmm. historically, when this community is complaining, historically, I have a tendency of rolling my eyes because most of the people complaining aren't clearing the content. And like, if you're on Devour, Prog, and P5, mm -hmm. there's no attacking the boss in that phase. It's not your yeah. DPS. You're getting hit by stuff. Um, you know, and B, you're not reading your tooltips. Uh, and then, so like people are like, well, this yeah. guy that's like the top 1% player in the world complained. And so that affects me. No, it doesn't. You're down here with me, get used to it. Uh, and so historically, but also in addition to that, we're typically arguing about like really small single digit percentage differences. Uh, and there are other games where there are like just dead classes. Like they're way off, way off. And you invest a lot more time in getting geared up. And that gear is not shareable to other classes. So, like, I don't know. We'll see. But I, I would be hopeful that Machinist is going to get some buffs with Criterion and that it's going to be really good in Criterion. But that's just my silver light. It's probably not. Uh, you guys are probably screwed. I well, guess get, play Bard. I don't get that. Let me get out of that copium. Play, play Barter. Play Barter. Play Barter Dancer. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry <laughs> sorry for now we'll get another extreme weapon transfer your gear over cosplay with a pistol that's why we continue always advocate have at least a backup job whether it's in the same role more more importantly maybe in another role within this game just so that when things like this happen you don't find yourself starting over at level one or level 30 or level you know like at whatever the kind of the, the tier step up is so um yeah we're gonna keep you guys up to date on on that and has it uh kind of gets flown in and structured so uh, that are uh, that are <laughs> my grammar aside uh that's the show that's uh the topics themselves i put in chat uh the link over to twitch if you guys want to continue your day uh with us as we continue on uh with our mmorpg coverage itself uh, we are looking to put this show as a monday wednesday friday show uh, around 10 a.m. in the morning, uh, as long as that kind of works out for schedules and things like that. So uh, that's something we're looking to test this week. So guys, let us know your feedback on the frequency of the shows, on the topics of the shows. We'd love to hear them. Also, if you're listening to MP3, be sure to give it a rating. That's a great way to help us discovery. If you guys enjoy this, like, sub, share, uh, and, and check out the Discord as well if you guys are looking for some communities to get involved in some game nights. Now that Data Center visits a thing, like, let's play. So... Uh, Chris, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, I mean, we're going to start moving to Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We're going to start that by doing it uh, this week and then immediately breaking it next week because I'm taking the 23rd through the end of the month off um, for my first vacation since February and uh, a big long one because uh, my wife was able to get off work that week. Worked well for her. 
and uh, we've been married 10 years. So this year we want to do something special, at least spend some time together, at least just just not be working. Um, so that's where I'll be. Uh, but we're streaming a lot. So definitely come hang out. And thank you guys for being here. All right. And with that, guys, this has been the Crystal Core Radio Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us as a part of the live show. Thanks so much for listening. This is a part of an MP3. Thanks so much for being you. And we'll hopefully we'll see you in the next show and or video and or highlight. Until then, take care.